Okay. She, he's like he's like Lopez. Okay, come on, let's All get right, into on, it already. On, we, got stuff, we got stuff to do. We got stuff to do. Come on. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to buckle up, hang on, and get ready for the greatest Tuesday of all time because it's Taco Tuesday here in the historic Pink Taco Restaurant on Sunset Boulevard. It's time to get into it with Raw Duddy Rinks, Mark Ice Roberts, and the one and only Davey Dave. Now, buckle up and let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Let's Get Into It. Number 39. Is it number 39? 39, right, David? Yep. Our guest today is... And I've been waiting for this guest since the beginning, since we started the podcast. Yeah, I've we, been this waiting. This one of the first names that got brought up. I, I agree. This is a really cool day for me because I get to talk about one of my favorite people. And I'm going to introduce him right off the bat, like right at the top of the show, so that we can get into it. Joseph Middleton. Yeah, I <laughs> Now, what's really interesting about our podcast is that it speaks to young filmmakers. It speaks to people that are in the process of filmmaking. It even speaks to people that are in the, you know, that are that already are doing it. Accomplished. Joseph has done a lot of movies and he's launched a lot of careers. He may not feel the same way that I feel about the work he has done, but I can tell you from watching these films, a lot of these actors would not be who they are without the movies that they've been cast in. Oh, they're shot. I feel like we all have a thread. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we have a thread in some people's lives. Yeah. So, you know, the grandmother, the kindergarten teacher, the high school drama coach, the agent, the manager, the producer, the director, all those people all have... You know, and yeah. then the actor themselves, where they're driven, where they're not driven, yeah. the ambition, or some people are incredibly talented, but they can't, they don't know how to figure out the business of life. And some of them are incredibly business savvy, and they don't have the tools yeah. to support how aggressive they are. You're on the front lines every day as a casting director. You know who's coming, who's going. And I'm going to tell a story about that. But first, I want to just mention these credits. Go, 1999. Loved it. American Pie. Yeah. Bring It On. Donnie Darko. Legally Blonde. Wow. Not Another Teen Movie. The Born Identity. <laughs> Old School. The Born Supremacy. In Good Company. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. The Bad News Bears. Okay, look. That's like I'm, a diverse. You think about it. I, yeah. Okay, I, go ahead. I can't get into all of the movies because it's a really long list, but... A lot of the people that you love in film came out of these films. Yeah. It is a collaboration. I think Joseph was alluding to that. It is a collaboration of a lot of people and a lot of their thoughts. But, no, but having done films with Joseph, I know that the influence that a casting director has when he looks at you and says, this is who I think you should be really focusing on, that it does make a big difference. Do you feel that a lot of careers were launched out of these films? Well, I, I, yeah, I think, I mean, on some level, I think that ever, that it certainly helped. Um, it helped some people along the line. It helped that the movies worked. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that there was a two punch in the year 1999, I think it was, with American Pie and Go. Uh, Go was first, and then I got that, and then American Pie was my first studio movie. And I think that both of them, and the reason why I wanted to do both of them, is because they were ensemble pictures. 
So it wasn't like a movie that you that there was one actor and then nobody else mattered. There was a core group of kids that mattered yeah. or characters that mattered in both of those movies. And I thought to myself, I thought, well, that will help me get a name for myself. Yeah. If I do a really good job and people go, oh, the casting of that made a difference. Now, my job is to read a script and then try to get into the mind of the director to what he's envisioning and then expand that. So hopefully with a working relationship like, you know, that I had with Chris and Paul White or that I've had with Doug Lyman over the years, you come together and you have the director's point of view and yeah. then you have my point of view and you hopefully expand his or he changes yours. Our job is really to know actors and to be open to actors because sometimes in the process of casting a movie you don't even know the person coming through the door yeah um you know i think in the example of a broken hearts club for greg berlani when the what was written in the page for the character was a red-headed heavy-set guy and then billy porter came in and Nobody knew Billy Porter, and he was so funny in it, it changed what that role was. Even Greg was like, yes, that's what that is now. Mm -hmm. So that's what the magic of happening in a room when you're casting and working with a director and getting in their head and showing them new talent. Makes it, sense. Yeah, right? That's it's collaborative. Yeah, so it's, it's filmmaking. It's a super collaborative business, yeah. but you do have to trust your casting director. You do have to. Absolutely. Like, you'd have to turn well, it sure makes it easier. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you um, should, yeah. Has there been a moment that you knew someone was right, but the director or the producer did not agree? There was very, at the very beginning, and I think, you know, oftentimes when you're young and you're out there and you're passionate and everything is black and white there's you know there's no other answer and there was a moment i think it was silent fall for bruce Beresford when i was working with great sherry roads and i wanted fran mcdormand because i had worked on as a pa on mississippi burning and i was madly in love with fran mcdormand and i wanted her for that and the studio at the time um was like no we want Linda Hamilton. And Linda Hamilton's phenomenal. I was just passionate about Fran. And then when that didn't happen, I literally cried at my desk. Now, you got to move on and you've got to see, see that everything isn't so life and death when you don't. But I was always like, oh. Where did you grow up? Georgia. You grew up in Georgia? Georgia. And was there any idea that you would be in entertainment when you were a kid? No. No, not, I don't think. So in Georgia, what was the plan? The plan, I think, was probably politics or, you know, going into the CIA or international <laughs> studies. You know what I mean? I mean, that was my goal. And that's why I went to college in D.C. to wow. do that. And then, you know, then at that time, shockingly enough, um, thank goodness we jumped decades now, um, you couldn't come out and you couldn't work for the government to be gay. So, um, and my whole background was the integrity of of <laughs> the integrity of the government that if you're going to work for the go government honesty was the most important thing so how <laughs> could i then not lie about who i was when 
it, I was going to a job, so I had to like do that like switch going, oh, now what am I going to do? Right. right. So then it was somebody said, oh, you know what? They're looking for a PA on Mississippi Burning. Would you want to go work in the accounting department? Max Snow was gracious enough to bring me along there. And then, listen, I was bad with numbers. And they were like, why don't you go work on the set as a PA? And on the set, there was a moment that somebody was like, um, I was watching a group of extras, and I turned to Alan Parker and said, excuse me, sir, these guys are way too contemporary. They're not right. And everybody got quiet because Alan Parker is not somebody you interrupt or say anything to. Um, And he turned to me and he goes, you have a good eye. Go over to location casting and extras and help Sherry Rhodes out because she's doing it here. So that's how I met Sherry Rhodes. And on the way from the set to that, I knew I had a job. Like I was like, I could do this. You felt right about it. Yeah, I was like, I could do this. I could be good at this. And then we, Sherry Rhodes, and became fast friends. So I moved back to New York. And then she called me and she needed an assistant for three weeks here in L.A. And I came out and was looking to get into casting because I couldn't find, I interned everywhere for free, by the way, um, in New York. And nobody would hire me. Nobody should have. Because when I started working for Sherry, there were little post-its, you know, the tiny, not the like notepad of, of <laughs> that post-its, the tiny miniature ones, mm-hmm. with, like little numbers on them. And then I would literally say that there was a CAA agent calling her, and <laughs> but there was a manager from Teaneck, New Jersey. Now, I'm from Georgia. So if you're from Georgia, that's a long-distance phone call. You take the New Jersey phone call, (laughs) and you put CAA on hold. (laughs) Yeah, so thank goodness for Sherry. I moved really quickly from assistant. (laughs) was very horrible. In fact, one of her friends, Liz Cagley, who was a casting director from Texas, came in, and it was the time when you could still smoke in a building, and she was puffing on a cigarette, and she was like, darling, I'd fire you if you were my assistant. <laughs> and I go, and I looked her up and I said, well, I'm not. So move on. Um, and what happened was that we were going to do The Sandlot, which is a movie of all kids. Classic, yeah. And I thought for three days, like every night, I was like, how do I get from being an assistant to an associate? Now, an associate in casting could read the actors. So I was like, Sherry, I'm going to do the breakdown. Do you mind if I put associate? Because I'd like to help you read actors. And she was like, Joseph, you're so manipulative. And I'm like, hmm, is that manipulative in a good way or a bad way, Sherry? She said, just do it. That movie, by the way, then that's what made it for me. I think if there was a moment there that... She always said, Joseph, she goes, I can train you and I can teach you everything, but there's a third eye that you have to have in casting. You just have to have it. And I can't give it to you. You either have it or you don't. And I realized on that movie, um, because we would like play a game, like we'd all read and bring our picks in and Sherry would have hers and I would have mine. And 
a lot of mine were picked. And I was like, I was feeling pretty good about that. <laughs> so after that moment, of course, I was like, well, Sherry, you know, I could be your associate, but we could double the business in our company if you made me a partner. Now, I don't need the money. I just need the credit. So that's why if you look at my IMDb page, yeah. there's not a lot of assistant work that I did. I moved very quickly from assistant to associate to partner, and I did a number of years with Sherry. You know what? You're really manipulative. Uh, right. In a, in a good <laughs> way. Smart. Really good smart. Way. Well, really smart. It's, it's entrepreneur. Yes, you're right. I have to say this because one theme with the super successful people that have been on the show is that their mentors have been willing and supportive of people that have moved up, Very you know, true. yeah, like everyone has that that's sort right. of story. And I think that's really cool. So hats off to Sherry Rhodes. Sherry Rhodes. Well, is she still? So no, she's, she's no longer. But I mean, if you think about her career, she did Jaws. Oh, wow. She did Close Encounters. She found the little boy in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah. Um, she did all the location casting for Sugarland Express. When you see those faces on the side, I mean, Listen, she did the location casting. Howard Verr did the, the principles, but she was doing the location of all those secondary parts on Mississippi Burning. If you look at the faces of that in that movie, they're incredible. Amazing. When you look at it. She had Amazing. a great, incredible eye. So you were ambitious from day one. At what point did, did, did someone say, hey, Joseph, I want you to cast my movie? Well, we'll probably cut this part. Because no, um, no. I'm going to get real Southern because I only get Southern <laughs> when I've been stopped by a police officer and I'm driving too fast <laughs> and I'm like, oh, right, so it's usually I'm in trouble or I've done something wrong. I had a set on what I wanted to do. It was not a Steven Seagal movie. So she wanted to do a Steven Seagal movie and I didn't want to do that. I wanted to do this little independent that was in New York. But they weren't paying any money on that one. And then I wanted to do this other movie that she was up for called Goodbye Lover with Roland Joffe. And she was like, Joseph, I don't get that movie. <laughs> well, neither did the public, but I, I did. And um, I said, okay, well, what if we, if we do that, we'll do this. And then, I, then immediately I was like, but they've offered me this movie in New York. I'm going to go do that. And so then that started the little bit of the separation. Mm. And then I was doing these side movies, like Independent, and there was a movie called Doom Generation, which was one of the very first movies that I, I remember that, did yeah. on my own without Sherry. Greg Araki drove me crazy, by the way. I literally took, in my one-bedroom apartment, I would undo my bed at night, bring that to the basement, the bedroom was the office. The living room was the waiting area. Mm -hmm. And everybody came. And then at night, I would like bring back the, the frame, put the bed, and then <laughs> sleep, and then do the thing in the morning. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, one of her directors was doing a movie and asked me to do it. The only thing which I regret to this day, I didn't call her about it. I should have called her and said, said, Sherry, let's do this together. You know, when you're young, you make silly mistakes. Right. And that was a silly mistake 
And it was hurtful for her. Mm. And in that, I'll always regret that. She had an incredible impact on your life. Um, but well, I'm here today because of it. Right. right. Yeah. Which is really cool um, that you say that, too. And look, obviously, she did some amazing movies. I was going nuts knowing that she did Jaws. It's one of the most incredibly well-cast films right. from the yeah. people that yeah. are there. Because you can tell a lot of those people were locals. Yeah. And I don't know, they're, they're, for sure there's a gift uh, in finding locals that are great because a lot of movies have locals that aren't so good all the yeah. time. Um, she had this course, thing about truth, which I believe in. There was anything that I inherited from her. When I read an actor, yeah. I'm looking for truth. Yeah. yeah. So says he does that too, you know that, right? Looks He's for great. truth? Well, yeah, but he he'll he'll cast the actors. Oh, right. Well, not like principals, but like uh, the, Johnny Roast Beef from yeah the locals. Yeah, it's all, and then you know he gives them dialogue, and he just you know tells them to be them. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I tried to do that with Made in Mexico, David Dave. Oh, yeah. David Dave is local guy. <laughs> um, when we used to read for the movies that we did together, he used to read with all the actors, which is rare. It's not usual that your casting director is reading with the actors, but he would read, and sometimes. You know, there'd be a slew of bad actors. I'd get distracted and I'd start watching Joseph Reed. And he was so good. Yeah. Like the characters were read so good that I was like. You were like, let's cast Joseph. I was like, he's really good well, at yeah, this. Yeah, but if you're, reading, if you're reading a role over and over no, and yeah. over again. You get good at it? 500 times, yeah. I think we all get better at it. You know what I mean? You're like, you know, because well, then I would like go, oh, I have this memorized. Let me play with it. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. you can say that or you could be like Best Buy back in the day that hired Joseph to do commercial, a commercial for Best Buy where he was literally Joseph Middleton, the casting director, Hollywood casting director. Oh, wow. Yeah, cool. it, was, it was on television. Vision, and it was him as casting director getting a cup of coffee casting off of the phone which you know now there's iPhones but back then it was I, I forgot what phone it was it was no it was no. the flip phone the Motorola flip yeah it was a Motorola flip yeah, or the, the razor, razor. That's what it was. and he was looking at pictures I think it was. saying no to the people sending him the pictures I, mean, I no, remember right? that commercial yeah, yeah that was him so obviously you were a pretty good actor because you were convincing in that in that commercial oh, by the way that's all I did all day so that wasn't really <laughs> acting that was what I was doing they did that in a take and they were like you're done and I'm like oh shit Shoot. You mean, I'm going to make that because they, they didn't pay you with money. They paid you with, a, you know, a gift from Best Buy, yeah. um, which was, I think at the time was 10 grand. They gave me 10 grand worth. In of whatever money, you wanted. Whatever I wanted. Oh, wow. I like that. But I went in to the Best Buy to get it. I was looking around to see. And then all of a sudden, I saw him literally like 50 televisions go off with with no 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 and i was like (laughs) oh this is awkward it was a great commercial and to this day yeah i you know maybe we should put it on the we should instagram page okay because it's really really good and he's great in it now you don't (laughs) remember tootie joseph but tootie uh had been bugging me for years and years because he's an actor he has been bugging me for years and years to meet you when I said I work with Joseph. And he had said, you know, I really want to, I want my shot. I want, I want to read for something. And he kept saying, you think you can get me a meeting with Joseph? And one, <laughs> and one day I was going to see you and you had your offices down on... Um, Large one? Wilshire. No, no, on Wilshire. Oh, on Wilshire. Okay. Yeah. You said, hey, you came to Extra. Uh-huh. You said, hey, what time are you off? And I said, I'm pretty soon. You go, I'm going to meet Joseph Middleton, the casting director. You want to go meet him? I go, yeah, dude, but I don't know. Am I going to like, no, it's a general. You're just going to meet the guy. He's a cool guy. You'll like him. Trust me. Nothing's going to happen. 
So we go. <laughs> you, you might remember this. I'd gotten this Panerai from downtown. It was like twenty five bucks, <laughs> but it was like a it was like a twenty five thousand dollar fakie. And so I'd lost like forty pounds. I'm looking, feeling good, looking good. And we go to sit down in Joseph's office, and we're talking. And he's looking over it, and he looks over at my wrist. He goes, "What do you do over at Extra?" And I go, "I'm a makeup artist." And he goes, "I would have thought you were an executive." And I was like, "Oh shit!" Because <laughs> the ri- so then we keep talking, and I slowly slid my arm under my leg. <laughs> and I, was oh, like, I love a yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, Lopez wears a bunch of fake ones too, and I. And after that, I was like, "Dude, you gotta like be careful when you go out." Uh, but yeah, in terms of like the casting, maybe that got you the read. Maybe, maybe that got you the maybe, read. But there was something that had just passed. You had just cast something, and you said you're like, "Oh my god, if you would have came a week ago." But I do have this one thing. It was a um, the gardener. Yeah, yeah. Was the it go- a gardener or a cop? No, it was for no, a no, cop. no. The movie, The Gardener. Oh, yeah, I'm it was, sorry. Uh, Damien Bashir. Bashir. And so you go just like that. You go, By the way, another great movie, right? Great. Yes. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And so you go, you want to on and on and on. And I was, I looked over at he was you. Nominated you, for that. Yeah, he was. It was great. I actually saw the part of the cop too. It, but um, <laughs> but I got the sides, and you said it was just like you want to read for it. And I was like, uh, yeah, I guess. He, he looked like, at okay, me great. like I Give had the, the sides. answer. He's gonna read for the cop. How much time do you need? Do you need? You want to take it with you, or do you want to do it? And I was like, uh, I, I don't know, a couple, couple minutes, I guess. You're like, cool. And then you kept talking to Roberts, and then I got up, and I went to the bathroom, and I looked. And I didn't realize, like, there was about six pages. Oh. And so, (laughs) you know, it was like, I thought it was a small, so I go through, like, and I know how to read a script, right? So I go through, and I see, like, two or three, come on. I I go through, like, the first two or three pages, and then there's, like, a page I act at. And then there's more in the back, but I think, there's no way I'm going to read. I just, it was an awful, (laughs) awful audition. He saw the movie, though. I uh, I wasn't in the room, so I don't know. No, you weren't in the room. But your your casting director did good directing. I I just wasn't, I wasn't prepared because then I got through the first half, and then she said, okay, second half? Well, there was a lesson there, right? Yeah. That's all these things are about. Yeah. It's like, what lesson, what did I take from that audition? What did I take from that meeting? Yeah. There was all good. Maybe I should have taken it home. Like in my in my career, I've had lots of actors. Oh, like Josh Duhamel says to me, "Yeah, you sent me home." <laughs> I didn't remember this. Yeah, you sent me home, and you go, "Yeah, don't ever do that again." Like, come in and be prepared. The last time, and wow. He's like, he's like, "I had a bunch of auditions," and he goes, "You know," and I was like, "I came back. I was better." I'm like. Yeah, because I've cast him, so you know, yeah, yeah. You're exactly right. Like you were, like Roberts was saying, he starts watching you, but you got it. You've been doing it 500 times with the same thing, so now you get to play with it. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. as an actor, like you're, that's where was, you want to be, right? Yeah, and, and to be honest with you, it's not about the words; it's about being there. Like yeah, when I'm doing films present. and stuff, it's being. Who gives President. a shit what the dialogue is as long as I can from A to B as a filmmaker, and they need to be in the scene. Joseph, in your opinion, would you tell someone who wants to be you know, reading for someone on the spot to say, hey, can you give me 25 minutes? Would that be okay? Yeah. Okay. There you yeah. go. Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course. And you could, could have been longer. I mean, it's like, there you, go. you know what I mean? It's like some things, here's the thing. If it was three lines, I'd be like, really? Right you need 25 minutes? Yeah. You know what I mean? If it's six pages, I think you need more than 25 minutes. You need a day. I think you need a fr- Friday to a Monday. There you you go. know what I mean? So I, I actually just, you know, I <laughs> I sent him into a no win. Yeah. <laughs> it well, was a no win, dude. Six I mean, pages. Was I no should have been, and I was intimidated. I should have looked at it. I should have made sure it was all. I knew all six, and I said, "Is there any way I can come back tomorrow with this?" Because normally you get a night, right? You get, you get an audition. Yeah. Well, and by the way, I tell actors, "This is your job. 
Yeah. The agent and the manager or the self-submission is to get you in the room. Yeah. And that it's your job to protect yourself as an actor to make sure that you're prepared. Yeah. Because oftentimes that one time is really kind of going to be like if as I've gone through it's usually not the first time I've read somebody that they get the role it's the third or fourth time right because I've liked what they've done before but they weren't right for the role but each time I've liked them yeah and then you, yeah. that's how you later on get a, a role I believe just by continually doing good work this guy likes to break my chops remember in front of Lopez <laughs> remember when I took it up Middleton and you bombed uh. I hooked you up and you blew it I'm sorry it was a lot of fun it was yeah. a lot of fun we did an entire podcast on the relationship with a casting director and I told the story about when I was a young producer I had watched Bring It On, I had watched Legally Blonde, and I had watched American Pie, and I was like, I'm kind of making a movie like this, and I noticed your name was around on three, all three of them, so I found your phone number, and I called your office thinking I was going to get an assistant, and you answered the phone, and I just said, you know what, this is my shot. Yeah. I said, Joseph, this is Mark Roberts. I'm doing a film that's similar to the movies that you've cast in the past, you know, and I, and I gave you the whole pitch, and you said to me, "Let's have lunch." <laughs> and and you picked the place. You said, "Let's." Uh, let's I was hungry. Right? <laughs> <laughs> let's meet at the Griddle on Sunset Boulevard. Oh, right? close to my house at the right. <laughs> so, off of my first phone call, he says, "Send me the script." Right. Let's have breakfast. Take it easy. Take, Take it easy. We have breakfast. Uh, we end up working together on I don't know how many movies similar to the stories that other people tell about their their careers my career it took off when I met Joseph Middleton because having Joseph Middleton as part of my team ended up lifting my value yeah right so as a result I ended up making a bunch of movies and we ended up doing Strangers with Candy together which again uh, was enormously well cast but there was this one story, and I don't know if I ever get this right, Joseph. You have to tell me if this is right. But we, we had cast somebody in, in, a, in a certain role, and you said there's someone else that we need to cast for this role. And, you know, I had, I had, to, get a bunch of, I had to get a bunch of people on the phone to clear it. But it was a young actor. No one really knew who he was. It ended up being Chris Pratt. Yeah. Right, who ended up getting cast in our little movie? Who no one knew who Chris Pratt was. I think he was on Seventh Heaven or something like that. At that no, point. no, no, um, Everwood. Everwood. I'm sorry, Everwood. But is that pretty much what happened? You, did you know that he was going to be a big star? Did you have no? No, you no. just liked him. Yeah, he was likable and funny, and he was yeah. talented. Um, and by the way, that's a hilarious movie. It Thank really you. is. Thank it's you. like. I you were a little stalker because Lopez had to interview him for a junket, and Robert's like, is Chris Pratt going to be there? I'm like, yeah, of course. I'll be right there. I know. I showed up. I sh- <laughs> you know, here's the funny part is I showed up. I was like, Chris. Like, it was yesterday when we worked on the movie, and he was like, oh, hey. And we talked for a minute, and he said, yeah. I, no, no. No, <laughs> hey, he, he remembered me, but he remembered that he worked as a local. Yeah. And that yeah, that movie cost him money. Yeah, and he was right. like, oh, I remember that movie. Yeah. I ended up having to pay to be on it. I slept in my truck or my van or something. <laughs> That's not the uh, response I was expecting. <laughs> but it was definitely. Should have flew. Yeah. Should have flew him out. <laughs> I should have put him up yeah. and flew him out. And apparently, I didn't. Huh. 
I think one of the things that is the most valuable, you know, at, at the point that I had called Joseph, he was a person in the business that had done movies that had made hundreds of millions of dollars. But to them, and it's funny talking about Chris Pratt now, it's just what they do. And in its purest form, you are someone that understands talent and, and just loves to do what you do, which is, you know, cast people in parts that they were meant to do. I think that timing also has a, you know, you as yeah. you talk about it or if you're giving advice out there to people, it's like, yeah, he got me on the right day at the right moment probably when I was wrapping up a film and going into another one and there was some some time and I was like, yeah, you know, it's like how, listen, I don't remember the conversation exactly, but I sort of remember, send me the script and we'll, if I like it, we'll have breakfast. I think that's I, what happened. Yes. Yes. Not, oh, I'll just have breakfast. No, no, no. no, no I'm pretty, <laughs> sure, I'm pretty yeah. sure you said yeah. send me the script yeah. first. Robert yeah. likes to kind script. of make the stories up a little more in his head, if you can tell. <laughs> you know, for me, it, it, that's where it always begins. Yeah. It begins with reading the script. And listen, I've not always been right. But I always say there's something I'm like, oh, I think this will work or that. And because I believe as a casting director that you need to have a a hit or something that works every 18 months. In between that 18 months, you can do anything you want because we're not an actor that you do five or six movies that don't work and we're tainted, right? No, you can do movies and do explore things and change genres and, and that as long as every 18 months... There's a movie that you can refer to. So like what he was saying before when he was listing off the credits, you can handpick when you go through movies. It was about, like my goal was every 18 months, you do enough movies, you pick enough of them right, that they're memorable. Yeah. That you work. Is there any movie that you are most proud of? It sounds cliche, but they're, ch- they're children. All of them are my children. I spent time with them. I cared for them. I've thought about them. So you love them all. Some were harder. Some paid more. Some were more satisfying because people remember them. You know, it's it's funny because we all talk about Donnie Darko and love and and that and love that movie. I just remember they wouldn't give me paid ads on that movie. And I really wanted paid ads on an independent. Paid ads is when you get your name on a poster and then they start putting advertisements out there and your Mm. name stays on the ads as the advertising goes out. Mm. Yeah. And I had had it before. So that was like, you know, and I I love that movie. And by the way, Drew Barrymore had produced it and I'm like a huge, like gaga over Drew. So um, I was like, literally said yes before, you know, anything was done. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. We're not, pay- you're not paying me? Oh, that's okay. <laughs> is Drew going to be Drew, there? Is Drew, yeah. Like, is Drew, like, do I meet Drew Barrymore? Like, oh my God. Yeah. So you fan out sometimes too. Hollywood oh, yeah. royalty. Drew sure. Barrymore is Hollywood royalty. Yeah. What? Yeah. All right. Take it easy. Take it easy. Yeah, well, no. you know what's cool is you 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 went from like um, like teen movies ensembles uh-huh. to like Donnie Darko, which was a little more like the born supremacy to, to action. But that's a director, so that's you follow that. Like Doug Liman did go, and then if the studio had anything to do with it, they probably would have said, "Oh no, 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 we have somebody else in um, that should cast that. this type of genre because he does teen movies." Yeah. Like just like an actor, casting directors can get stuck yep. in sort of like what they oh you do comedy 
oh, you do drama. But Doug believed in me. Yeah. So I've Doug to thank for not getting stuck in that. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's huge because you were able to. By the way, yeah. Owen, big time. I can see your fingerprints on all the stuff you do. Well, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, because that's my job. How was it um, going back to one of the things that I worked on uh, when I was uh, a wee extra back on American uh, Pie? Did you? Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Did you uh, read with those guys and, and those girls? All of them. Oh, wow. Was Jason Biggs, had Jason Biggs I mean, in Jason anything? Biggs. No, he was funny. Jason Biggs had done a pilot. But no, I read him and he was like, you just know, yeah. you know? I mean, by the way, Chris and Paul White's also, you know. They were very talented. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, they they see it. You know, we're not blind when it, like, sometimes it's just obvious. No, You know, he's being nice. pretty humble because buddy, normally, yeah, yeah. normally he just tells you who you're casting. Let's not kid ourselves. Well, but some movies, but by the way, that third eye that we were talking about, I think there was a moment um, in my career that I was like not, I didn't, I wasn't as sure of it. I was like, it's like a lens that got dirty or, mm. you know, I just wasn't, I would sit in a room and I would go read actors and I'd be like, oh, you could do it. And then somebody else come in and go, yeah, that was really good. That You could do it. And then I was like, it used to be so like we were talking about earlier, black and white, everything was. Yeah. And this was like, now maybe it was because the level of actors were higher. Yeah. So there were more, you know, I wasn't starting from scratch. It was just, you know, good actors coming in and there's, and one, there's more than one person that can play the role. But then I said to myself, if I've lost this, then I've got to figure out how, if I, if I can find out if I have it still. And that's when I went to New York and to do um, Nick and Nord's Infinite Playlist. Great movie. And wow. basically, I said to them, I was like, if you let me cast this... And, you know, I'll listen to the director because I want to, that's our job and, um, you know, to work together. So I want to know what your point of view is. The script was so beautifully written. And I was like, but let me, let me, let me do it so that I can, you know, see. And I left that movie going, yeah, I can still do my job. That was great. I'm getting goosebumps. That's how talented this guy is. No, I'm crazy. getting boosted. I'm not kidding. I'm, 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 not, I'm not joking. Um, has there been anybody in your career, has there been anybody that you fought for that people were like, mm, I'm not sure, uh, I'm not positive that's the right person? Has there been anyone that you have fought for that got a part that really proved to be an amazing talent? My job is to get the movie that I'm working on right. So I think oftentimes it's like, a football game everybody has a playbook and how do you win the super bowl or how you do that but it's easier to talk about it after the fact than when you're going through it my job is i didn't cast those actors in the movies because i thought they were going to be more they were really right for what they were doing and that's all my focus should be yeah you know I'm not there to Launch make, careers. make there to stars make yeah. or whatever. That happens for them. That's great. Yeah. But that's not my job. Right. Joseph Middleton was the casting director on Project Greenlight, the that's series. Amazing. Two seasons. Two wow. seasons. With Matt Damon Ben Affleck, yeah. right? Did you enjoy it? I did. You did? But that was before reality television became a real yeah. 
thing. You know, that I mean? was that reality was like, television. I think it was a little ahead of its time. Yeah, but it's but talk about like I think if you watch that as a filmmaker, still it's relevant. If you yeah. want to make movies, they show you from the beginning of making a movie to the end of making a movie. Yeah. Um, let's talk about extreme music really quick. ExtremeMusic.com, Joseph, if you don't know, is a website. It's the best. It's a website where you can go and pick music that's already written, composed, any style of music, any genre of music, and put it into your movie without having to hire a composer, without having to go through all of that nonsense. You just go there, you pick your, your, your tracks, you put them into your movie, your commercial, whatever it is you're doing, and it's already written. Look, it's the leader in library music around the world it's uh their partners with sony and i did a movie a documentary where i used all of their every single track in the movie is from extreme music so um i just wanted to mention that because if you're looking for music for your movie your commercial your tv show podcast your tv show whatever it is go to extreme i'm sure they will have it and if they don't contact the podcast and we will call russell emmanuel at home at midnight <laughs> you wake will call him, him up. at home not <laughs> you. That, that's your job we will wake him up and make sure that your track is on there the next day but yeah. let's just know that you cannot call me a bit <laughs> you're Here looking for an audition do not call me <laughs> extrememusic.com for all your music needs i've been very fortunate to do what i've wanted to do with my life so i always i want when i when i found casting that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want your job. I didn't want your job. I didn't want anyone's job. I wanted my job. Yeah. And I've got to do that. Because I think there's a lot of people out there that actually don't know what they want to do with their lives. Yeah. But I was so clear. I feel like I won the lottery with that. That makes it more clear that um, you are born to do what you do. You brought so much value to the viewer by suggesting actors for jobs. And after a while, you moved into an executive position at Paramount. Yeah. There was a point after the writer's strike. And was that 2008? Yeah. Was the writer's strike in 2008? And it felt very vulnerable to be responsible for um, a group of people that my staff, that I was like, I was looking, and it kind of found me through Allison Small, who um, is, you know, an executive that was at, and mentioned me to Adam Goodman, and Adam Goodman and, you know, Mark Evans both were like, oh, yeah, we sh- Joseph Middleton would want to do this. I talk about myself in the third person, by the way. <laughs> That's great. I love that. Robert um, says it all the time. <laughs> and um, And I was like, let me go in and see, and... I, to be very truthful, I did not think that I was a studio person. But I knew that if you get hired by a studio and they fire you, you get two years severance in that first year because you have a contract. They sign you for a three-year contract. So I thought going in there, I'll do this for six months. They'll fire me, and I'll have and I've done enough work. I can take two years off, yeah. move to Barcelona, and just skate on their money. What happened in going into a studio was that I was like, "Oh, 
you had just mentioned that I was born to do this. Yeah. I think we're born to do a lot of things. And one of them, once I got into a studio, I realized I could have just gone in the army. Because for me, the idea of a group I found really appealing. You go into... I, I was fascinated with going into the meetings and you have production and post-production and marketing and finance and all of that. Listening to people tell about their part of the movie making was so educational for me and so interesting for me. So I was like, oh, I like this. What it took me away from, though, was being in the room and really casting. And I've had some credits like, you know, there was SpongeBob and there was Pet Cemetery that I got to do because it was three roles. And, you know, but the day to day of an executive is really busy and a lot of meetings. And, you know, and then they started a television division. So then I took that on. And then, you know, up to now, it was finally, I was like, I woke up one day and I forgot what it was like to be in the room anymore. To actually, you know, I was looking at my friends that they're like, the casting community now is being celebrated. You're winning Emmys, you're getting casting awards for the BAFTA. And I was like, right, I'm the one behind those people at a studio. But it's their movies. It's, It's like having rich parents. They feed you, they send you on trips. You get to see theater, you get to travel the world with them. And it's, you know, and then you're like, oh, great. But sometimes all of that isn't enough. Yeah. Like sometimes the art in you needs to be fed also. So all that being taken care of. So that's the journey of yeah. going into a studio. Did you enjoy the position of an executive? Listen, I learned so much. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have done it for nine years if I didn't enjoy right. it. And I love the people. What you also realize is that the studio is so much turnaround that there's so many that, that you become close to these people and you go through. And each regime, because I went through three bosses, right. right, changes the tone of it. Yeah, And I think they're very good hands with Jim Giannopoulos right now yeah. um, to, for that turnaround. And the highs, the lows of it all is, that's a whole nother podcast about the inner workings of studio versus independent. Yeah. And, you know, but um, yeah. But at the heart of it, you really love story and you love creating and you love to be a part of something. Because you were saying like, you did these independent movies that you that just resonated with you, right? You would read the script, you loved the characters, and you would say, I'm going to do this. Well, and also for a casting director, I think if you're, you know, and I won't speak for all my colleagues, but that you have, a lot of people have the say in the first couple of roles. Yeah. Right? Because it's money. Right. Gonna, yeah. Names. But when you look at the, the cast from, you know, I would say from on a call sheet if there's if it's numbered down four to 24 yeah that's your casting director yeah right you can really tell a taste a, a stroke of of their art from that that's why paramount came to you because you have an amazing eye and you have an incredible instinct for great actors um 
while at Paramount, you have worked on a bunch of great movies. You worked on, well, you worked on Tom Cruise movies for sure, right? You worked on. (laughs) And by the way, no one is clearer about like, you know, when we were, we went down to the, the uh, premiere of Jack Reacher um, when he, when we just finished that and it's Tom Cruise. I mean, come on. Hollywood royalty. Um, Yeah. It doesn't get better. Literally. He was like, Hey, Joseph, that's how detailed he is. Yeah. That's a professional. Right. Unbelievable. That's why he's had the career he's had. I mean, he's super talented, but he's a good guy from everything I've heard. Great guy. People want to work with him. Really professional. Yep. And everybody wants to do just as good as he does. Yep. And then it's hard to keep up with him. I'm trying to do that here on the podcast with Roberts, yeah. but he's just... Yeah, yeah you know how it is. It's hard to keep up, right? Yeah. Are you guys working on Top Gun Maverick? Finished. It's great. It's great. So the the trailer looks great. Movie. I just saw yes. the trailer. Listen, we don't make all great movies, <laughs> right? as we know. What you get and what you don't get in the studio. As an independent casting director, I actually get to choose what I work on. And as an executive, you don't. I've now worked for nine years and worked with incredible casting directors and got to see what I thought was really good about right. the casting directors and what wasn't working out so good. Think of you if you were an artist and you got to work with, you know, 20 of the top artists, you'd love, watch all their techniques and you'd be like, oh, that's really good. Or, oh, I would prefer, I prefer my way of, of, of painting a flower to yeah. theirs, you know. So, Do you ever think you'll come back to casting like where you started? Yes. So, listen, I've not been out there, so... I don't know the world in that way, but I know the world of casting. And I think for casting directors, our job doesn't change. Our job is to cast the movie and to find the talent and to know the talent and explore and dig and look for that talent. So that for us hasn't changed, I don't think. I think what's happened is when you have all these streamers and independent movies, there's just more work. Yeah, yeah. there is a lot now. more work. Yeah. The hardest conversation I had was with Doug Lyman and Chris and Paul Weitz when I left that business behind and went into a studio. Um, and the first call coming out will be to be Doug Lyman and Chris <laughs> and Paul Weitz. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, and saying, yes, I'm, you know. Your career has been you know, storybook from you became a great Hollywood casting director. You discovered and helped launch careers and you ended up at Paramount. I mean, it's been an incredible ride for you, no, right? It's been a, I totally, and I hope that if it, if you don't get anything else from this podcast, how grateful I am and how lucky I am as a human being for the journey every day I go, you know what? This worked out for me. Thank you for sharing your journey Thank you for um, spending time with us. I think, uh, look, I, there's no one in this business that I respect and uh, admire more than you. I think that you're a true talent. Honestly, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in awe of the work that you've done and, and of what you have accomplished. I know that you're going to do great things. You stand sh- certainly at mid-career. And uh, and hopefully, Davy Dave and Tootie will get cast in one of your movies in the future. <laughs> well, he's, he's obviously going to come to the premiere of Made in Mexico. That's right. Cinco de Mayo. And you'll be prepared the next time you leave. For I, will, I will be one. I'm 100% prepared, but I'm actually in a different mindset. So I'm good. 
<laughs> no, I'm good. good. You're good. You're this like this has been this has been a really really fun uh, conversation, and uh, there's so much more to talk about, but we couldn't get to it all. A lot of filmmakers that are out there are thinking like, how did Mark Roberts meet Joseph Middleton? It was a phone call. It was a decent script. And um, and sometimes you have to take a chance. Um, and at, timing, at, it was in between, and it was timing. Absolutely. And you have to make the phone call because that phone to call. Find may, out the timing. Yeah, that phone yeah. call may change your life. It may not. He could have said no, but uh, the good thing is that you didn't. And uh, I'm wishing you a lot of luck on whatever comes. Thank next. you very much. Thanks for Thank being you. here on Let's three get films, into it. TV, two TV shows. Just we'll see you, right. you next time. <laughs> that was awesome. Good. That wasn't so hard, man. Right? Hard on you. No, it's hard on you.